Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. We are live. Except we're not. Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Time Radio, the lifestyle show of the Internet, as Bruce Buffer calls it. I'm TJ DeSantis, the producer. Uh, kind of a slow start to the world of mixed martial arts here in 2019. So, Buffer, he's out doing some things, relaxing a little. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. But I actually uh, watched him on Poker Stars uh, on Twitch the other day, uh, playing in a tournament down, I, I believe, somewhere in the Caribbean. I don't, or, or the Caribbean. How do you say it? I say Pirates of the Caribbean, but I say Caribbean. I don't know which one's correct. Now I'm all paranoid. Uh, regardless of that buffer down in the uh, Caribbean slash Caribbean, um, doing some uh, poker and, and resting and relaxing. And that's all right. Like I said, we've got a great archive and uh, sometimes we get to utilize it more than others. And uh, now we're doing that this week. We'll be back next week, I promise. Last week, we played a best-of interview with uh, Robert Herjavec from ABC's Shark Tank. And, uh, you know, with Buffer being uh, down in the uh, Caribbean, Caribbean, um, there's sharks down there, right? Or probably, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a segue here to say it's Shark Week once again. Sticking with that shark vibe, we dig into the archives and uh, chat with Damon John, who you can also see on Shark Tank. Uh, Bruce has worked with him in the past uh, with some clothing and whatnot. So uh, figured why not stick with that shark vibe and uh, play this interview that we did way back in 2015 with Shark Tank's Damon John. All right, Bruce Buffer, he's going to be back next week. Promise you that. Uh, thanks for listening to It's Time. We'll talk to you soon. As always, we like to talk about being successful. We believe in being a winner on this show. And I'm about to bring on a man who, aside from I like to call as my good friend, he is the American entrepreneur, the investor, the television personality, author, motivational speaker, known to be the founder and president and CEO of FUBU, and also an investor and one of the hosts of the hit reality television series on ABC, Shark Tank. Let's bring on the great Damon John. Damon, how are you? 
I'm great. Wow, what an intro. I'm, <laughs> thank you. I am my, great. My pleasure, Damon. I don't butter bread. I just tell it the way it is, and that's the way it is, baby. So, Damon, you are on this hit show. This show happens to be one of my favorite shows to watch. I record it. I watch it every time I get back to my UFC and appearance weekends. Uh, big fan of all the people. I know Herjavec. He's a friend. I've known Mark Cuban for years. Fascinated by the ladies on the show. You've now invested on this show. I mean, it's been said that you've invested like in the area of about $7.5 million on Shark Tank projects on the show. Right. Of, of the $7.5 million, Damon, how many of these businesses does that total, and how many of them are truly like really jamming for you right now? Do you have a favorite? Uh, well, you know, out of the $7.5 million, I think that um, it probably is around 30, maybe maybe 35 businesses, and you know, it's, it's hard to really calculate how the dollars go because if you look at the seven and a half million as hard cash, you also then look at um, you look at time, energy, staff. So if you look at my staff, it really comes to probably about you know eleven million, twelve million over seven years. Um, and yeah, I do have favorites. I have Al Bubba Baker's uh, Boneless Ribs. He's uh, absolutely doing amazing. We have another company called Bombas Socks. We we probably have about a dozen companies that. Are really doing well, and then you look at uh, you look at out of let's say thirty five companies, you probably have about fifteen that are just chugging along. Uh, maybe you know eight have uh, uh, you know failed or they're not doing anything. So it's really spread all over the board. Sounds like about the standard ratio of business when you really think about it. Probably a much higher success ratio than the normal ratio of success in startup businesses. You talk about Bubba the ribs. I remember when he came on. I love that guy. He, you know, <laughs> you see these guys and they just, they've got the it factor, just like a Conor McGregor has an it factor in UFC fighting. And how can you not like him? But as an example for our listeners, when he came on your show, he was doing okay. But literally within a year of being on Shark Tank, which is a multi million dollar commercial for anybody that gets lucky enough to be on the show, his sales just exploded. Like, what kind of sales is he doing with that great product, those boneless ribs? Well, actually, you know what? He he exploded. He exploded. You're right. I mean, the first uh, you know month, and this is why we have a higher success rate than most people because it's a huge commercial, and a lot of people convert the sales. You know, they 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 convert their sales right there over the next month. I think he did probably up to a million dollars in sales over the first um, you know couple of months. But then we actually hit this uh, you know this roadblock where we couldn't manufacture with the same manufacturers and everything else. So. We declined in sales after that, and we were questioning, you know, were, could I uh, be a great partner? Could I help him in this space where I really didn't know much about? And, um, you know, he goes out after that and finds some really great partners, strategic partners, a Rosselli Group, and now he's back on track. He's actually going to be airing on, uh, you know, QVC. Uh, you know, he's airing on there every other, every other week, and he's doing about 25000 uh per minute in sales. Um, wow. But but it's it's a story that first of all I think you're right he's a big lovable guy you know he's a man who is dedicated to his craft and doing stuff uh, Shark Tank will give you that initial injection uh, and you know you'll experience something great for a month month and a half but after that you got to get back to work and uh, the reality sets in and he refused to give up and and I refuse to give up backing him as a partner and now he's doing great but there's a lot of ups and downs that people don't know about. Exactly. Now, you know, one of the standard ups and downs is like when people come on the show and you or Mark or Robert or Lori, you know, they, they take them on as a partner or you group up with somebody. 
But am I mistaken in the fact that after that show's done filming, you have a period of time that you can investigate to make sure the numbers are correct, everything they've yeah. told you is correct, and you can back out of a deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, everybody looks at the show and they see that the eight-minute pitch when the shortest pitch I've ever witnessed is 19 or uh, 18 minutes and the longest pitch has been two and a half hours. So the pitches, first of all, are about 45 minutes long and you see only eight minutes of it. We also don't have any knowledge of those individuals who come there. We don't even have a piece of paper on them. So we're going off of best efforts to close the deal off of what was, uh, you know, what they told us. And after that, we go back, and it takes me anywhere from three months to nine months to close the deals. And I'm at about 85 or 90% success rate in regards to closing the deals now. But, yeah, you are going to have deals that are going to fall apart for various reasons. Uh, you know, maybe somebody uh, – Maybe they owe the IRS uh, $2 million. And I'll say, well, why didn't you tell me you owe the IRS $2 million? They'll say, well, you didn't ask. Right? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, so we work it all out, though, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, with your fellow sharks that are on the, on the panel, on the dais, you know, you got Mark Cuban, uh, who I, who's a man that I've always been enamored of, a man I hope to one day do some level of business with. Robert Herjavec, who's become a friend, you know, uh, loves the UFC, and I've, I've had dinner with him up in Canada, just a, a great entertaining guy, great businessman in his own right. Lori, and, and the New York uh, real estate uh, lady who I really enjoy, what is her name? Barbara. Bar- Bar- Barbara Corcoran. Yeah, so now... Which of them, aside from yourself, because I've, you know, we've, we've done a little business together and we've been friends for a while and I hope that we were, you know, we're going to make some money together in 2016, Damon, hint, hint, hum, hum, suggest a suggestion. Um, you know, I know we're working on something, but with those other people on the panel, who's the tough ones, Damon? Who, 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 in your opinion, and, and if it's okay, if I can ask you this, you don't have to answer, but who do you think, aside from yourself with your great business acumen, um, are the key, the key sharks to get in business with, or is it all of them? It's, it's, you know, it's really all of them. I've seen every one of them fail at something. I've seen every one of them succeed at something. And when you really look at a business, it is matching up the perfect entrepreneur with the perfect product with the perfect shark. Because I've seen Lori uh, sell stuff that I would throw in the garbage, right? Right. And I, I've seen her match up with, with – so I'll give you an example. There was somebody came on and it was, a, it was a, something, a little thing that looks almost like a clothespin that you put on your um, – a safety pin, excuse me, that you put on your left chest and you hold your glasses in. So you don't, if you decide, uh, you know, you don't want to wear your glasses, you put, you slide them in there and, you know, they, they hang out right there. Now, I've been making shirts for 20 years that we put slits in the top of the pocket. Tommy Bahama's been doing it as well. And you put your glasses in. So it's nothing new to me. Mm-hmm. I would have never, I never would have uh, backed that company. But Lori, go ahead, and she sells $6 million worth of that little stupid clip. Wow, right? I, me- I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that right. guy, yeah. And But you, if you think about it, Lori's been selling reading glasses on QVC for the last 15, 20 years. She has a built-in audience, so she's really amazing at what she does. And if that person would have been backed by me, that person wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So every one of the sharks are, are extremely brilliant in various different ways. I, you know, I call myself you know, a guy who knows a little bit about marketing, but I have the same old tricks. I, I find something and I put it with a celebrity and I, you know, and I find an avenue to get it out there, right? right. Uh, Barbara Corcoran, she will come up with absolutely something brilliant and she will not use the same method twice. And she's just brilliant. So you really look at every one of the sharks and as much as I joke about them, you know, um, they, they really are, they do bring a lot to the table uh, when they, when they want to, you know, when, when it's something really in their wheelhouse. 
Right. So let's step back a second to Lori on that one little scenario for our listeners as a little business thing, something I always try to get across with my business acumen and, and you, your incredible business acumen, just if you could break it down for us. So what Lori did basically, she did the classic example, which all businessmen should practice, which she loaded the pipeline. She had a pipeline of activity. She loaded it with a new product. Boom, $6 million in sales. That guy that came on who is probably doing less than a million, I'm sure, if not a couple hundred thousand. So now they do $6 million in sales. How much money for our listeners? I could break it down, but for your opinion, out of that $6 million, did that man become a millionaire or has he made himself a few hundred thousand? Knowing the business, what do you think his end of that was after Lori took her, her piece and everything she did? Well, I would assume that the deal probably was somewhere in the range of 50-50, and let's say they go out and they do $6 million with the business. Um, I'm sure that that little clip probably didn't cost more than uh, they probably were making about an 80% margin on something that small. And right. then you have all the advertising now from QVC and from um, Shark Tank that's baked in where a lot of times advertising is probably your biggest uh, Achilles heel because you just don't know where you're going to put it through the pipeline. So if you look at probably about an 80% margin on something, uh, the good probably cost $1 million, probably shipping, billing, and taking in staff and everything like that. Uh, they probably split about $3.5 million. Good for them. Deal. Good yeah. for them. Love to hear it. Love seeing people successful. TJ's got a question for you. Yeah, you know, I'm in, in preparation for uh, this interview, I looked up some stats, and I, I don't know how good they are. There's a few uh, Shark Tank uh, analytical sites out there that uh, take what they see on the show and then try to put them on uh, paper as facts and, and, and figures. But, David, I'm, I'm curious what the largest investment you made on the show was for the lowest stake. Do you know what that was off the top of your head, largest dollar sign for lowest equity? I think what what we finally closed on was probably I went in a million. I think we did a million dollars for fifty percent of um, Titan. Okay, and uh, for our listeners, you want to tell everyone what Titan is? Yeah, Titan is a, is, is a vest that uh, it's a weighted or really a weighted compression shirt that the gels basically are placed where the muscle is, where, where several of the muscles is. It has about eight pounds in the shirt. And um, when you wear it, it moves with your, with your body. And the gels, the medical gels, can be heated up or frozen um, as well. So for, uh, you know, so any kind of relief or things of that nature. And I forgot what the deal was initially. I think the deal I was... I have it um, here, uh, 500000 for 20%. Right. And I think that we ended up settling on... Um, a uh, million dollars for around, I think it's 45 or maybe, yeah, 49% or something of that nature. Interesting. Now, if you come to terms you know, with the deal on the show and then you know, post-show uh, it falls apart, does that deal, does that pitch still air or, or does that get you know, put on the cutting room floor? Uh, oh, no. They, they, if they plan on airing it, they air. You know? Okay. Um, so, I mean, the only time that they won't air is if the deal falls apart because we feel that the person was trying to um, exploit the platform and that they had no intention of, of, of closing the deal. Got it. Now, also, I'm looking at this uh, stats page that shows all the deals that you've made uh, on television, and I'm, I'm looking at the partners uh, you've invested with, the other sharks. Uh, do you know off the top of your head who you have more business dealings with, like who leads among the sharks and, and deals with yourself? Um, I'm probably in more deals with Mark than anybody else. Only because I think he does more deals. Right. Yeah, he's definitely the most aggressive, I think, uh, of the group. Now, when you got on the show, did you 
Did you consider the other sharks really as, as potential business partners, or is that something that has just happened by happenstance? Did you go into this knowing that you were probably going to end up in bed with the other sharks in these ventures? Yeah, well, you know, the show already had a strong history. It was already a top show in Japan, London, and Canada. And doing the research, you know, I knew that uh, several deals, uh, various sharks would go in together if they felt that there was uh, some synergies they can work off each other. So, yeah, I absolutely knew that I would be going in deals with them. But as uh, as time goes on, you'll see more of the sharks we rather not do deals with each other because we've already done them, and we see that, uh, you know, sometimes there's too many chefs. Sometimes, uh, you know, we just rather just go alone because it's just a bigger reward. And uh, it's also fun to just uh, fight over a deal as well and embarrass somebody else on national television by taking a deal from them. So so all all that adds to, uh, you know, I try to do, uh, I try not to do as many deals as I can with the other sharks unless they really add a, very, a strategic value to it or it's something that's not in my wheelhouse and I'm just trying to get in on, get in where I can fit in, you know? Well, that makes sense. And um, I love the, the give and take. I love the little digs and the jabs. And you're really good at it, Damon. You've got a, you've got a real dry delivery, and it's classic when you get one out on TV. It really is. I, Mark, you know, Mark, you can read his face like a book. He's a brilliant guy. There's no question. Um, big question for us and from people that are listening and, and have suggested me to ask this question. Just how wonderful is Mr. Wonderful? Mr. Wonderful. Well, you know, you really have to look at, you have to look at why. Each and one, each of us are up there in the position we play. You know, Mr. Wonderful has billions of dollars under management and ETF and things of that nature. He's a financial, you know, a financial player. And, you know, you would never want to put money in the hands of somebody who's going to just give your money away every time somebody, you know, sheds a tear. So, you know, his discipline comes from a financial background, and people trust him. And it's not that he's spending their money on TV, but, you know, they're looking at him very, you know, critically saying, you know, do I want to go into this ETF by him, or do I want to go into this fund, and how smart is he? And, you know, he plays the role of about the dollars, you know. So he actually, though, uh, is a very, very nice guy. Just don't ask him what he thinks about money, you know. Other than that, he's, a, he's an amazing guy. Yeah, I, I gather that in the couple times I've had the pleasure of meeting him and also watch out when you're talking about wine because you better know your stuff if you're going to talk to yeah. Mr. Wonderful about wine. No question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, Damon, the big news of the year and a big thing for you and, and one of the key reasons I wanted to have you on our show because you've been a friend of the show and on before, you have an amazing background in business. You know, you're the classic, classic example of an entrepreneur with your venture into FUBU and you know, how you went home and you sold around the 90 hats, you were your next door neighbor, and, you know, you really got out on the street, you did the number, you mortgaged your, your, your mother mortgaged her house for 100000 generate startup capital in addition to everything you did, and now the brand is reportedly worth in the area of $6 billion, you're still doing business worldwide, and you've just released your book, The Power of Broke. Now, the title, which I love because I understand what you mean, uh, but a lot of people might not because they're hearing broke in a success book story. But in my opinion, you don't know what it's like to succeed unless you know what it's like to fail. Does that have anything to do with your reason for titling this fine book? And I suggest everybody pick this up. Entrepreneurs, if you're an entrepreneur, Damon John is the man, one of the key figures you need to learn and listen from. Again, the book is called The Power of Broke. Why title The Power of Broke, which I love the title? Well, 
so um, I think you hit it right on the head. So I mean, the, the full title underneath the power broker goes how empty pockets, tight budget, and a hunger for success can become your greatest competitive advantage. Now, um, first of all, I agree with you. You know, when, when we came up with the title, I kept saying to myself, I don't know if I should put this title out because people are going to say, man, I don't want you... I don't want you reminding me that I'm broke or I don't, you know, I don't want, you know, people saying, well, Damon, is this your story of your rags or riches story? But believe it or not, this book has uh, resonated with so many people and it's now, uh, um, I'm on the New York Times bestsellers list for uh, for three weeks and the only one uh, last week that was beating me was The Big Short and that's a movie. So I would have never thought that um, people would accept it the way it is and and so I'm really humbled and honored by it, especially, you know, because of people like you supporting the concept. Now, the power of broke, the concept is this. I don't try to glamorize the fact that people don't have resources because we all need these things for, you know, medical attention for our families, our loved ones, and education, things of that nature. But if you happen to be in a situation where you don't have the resources, you know, being broke is a temporary situation and poverty of the mind is permanent. And we've always heard over the last years, you need money to make money. You got to have somebody, you know, who, who, who you got to be connected and things of that nature. And that couldn't be further from the truth. It really couldn't. And I try to explain to people, if you look at the Forbes or Inc., top 1,000 wealthiest people in the world, over 60% of them are self-made men and women. That means they were all broke. So that means if generational wealth can be passed down and you can just immediately stay rich and wealthy, then those, that percentage of people would have never made it to the list. Or we look at Powerball, a uh, lot of winners and professional athletes that are three years, that three years after they get the biggest amount of money they've ever received or three years outside the league, they're bankrupt. Why is that? Well, that's because they, these athletes spent an amazing amount of time of their lives practicing and, and homing in on the skill set that made them the most incredible athlete ever. But when they get money, they go and invest and or spend it other places, and they don't take the same skill set and practice the same and use the same energy and get to understand the businesses, get to understand, uh, you know, tool as a financial instrument and get to understand anything else as, and have financial intelligence, and they go broke. The people that I see that, uh, that, that practice the power broke more than anybody else are the people with wealth. So in the book, so people just didn't think I had the, the silver bullet, I highlighted 15 amazing people that are uh, globally recognized, and they were all broke, such as uh, our buddy Kevin Plank from Under Armour. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing $4 billion a year right now, but he didn't have, when he opened his company, he didn't have enough money to pay a toll when he was coming back home, so they had to write him a ticket to pay a toll to go, go through the, the, the go over the bridge and things of that nature. So the power broke is the mentality, and what I do is I highlight in there step by step by step how you can activate the power broke and you can use what you have around you and leverage to get to where you want to be. And, you know, some of those things give you just a quick ER. You need mentors in your life. Number one, you need to take affordable next steps. Too many of us go out and try to fund a company and we never took the proper steps because one of the main reasons why small businesses and startups fail is overfunding. They actually take out too much money or take an investment too early, and that's why they fail. And I highlight all these things as well as my concept about OPM. OPM is not other people's money. You can make money off of other people's manufacturing, mind power, marketing, and membership. And I, I go through it all in the power of growth. 
I love the OPM because I'm a big OPMer. I think it's very important that people understand that. The, the downside risk of not putting your own money and, and all the other M's as part of OPM that you just mentioned are so critical to people's success. And in my opinion, Damon, you know, I, when we started in business, and I speak for us both, back before the internet and everything else, it was all about having the warehouse space, having the employees, having the high rents, having all this. You literally can run a successful million-dollar business or multi-million-dollar business out of a home office these days because you can OPM it all the way, correct? You know you couldn't you couldn't have said it better. Listen, I you, you don't even have to have a home office anymore. I, I met a kid the other day. He was in Washington Square Park. He was doing two hundred thousand dollars of business on his smartphone, and he was skateboarding all day. And he was skateboarding because he was trying to keep his finger on the pulse. If you look at the biggest companies in the world, some of the biggest companies in the world now, Bruce, they don't have inventory. Uber has no inventory. Airbnb has no inventory. Facebook no inventory. iTunes no inventory. Mm-hmm. We're at a day and age where you can pick up your cell phone and you can touch everybody in the world with it. So this is why this is the most uh, exciting time in our lives where we can make money and we don't need to have all those issues that we need to, we need to know somebody. We need big, big office space, like you said. You know, we work. You can go and have a space for $400 a month and sit around like-minded people like yourself. So mm-hmm. this is really, really a great time to activate the power of rope. Well, I highly recommend to our listeners, and we have international listeners, is your book being sold uh, outside the United States or strictly in the U.S. At, uh, in all the bookstores and, on, I assume, of course, on Amazon.com? Yeah, it's on Amazon.com. Um, I believe it is, it is in uh, some other countries. It's being translated in three other languages right now. Um, and, again, you can go get it on the power of rope. Uh, dot com as well, but yeah, absolutely, it's 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 available everywhere. That's great. I again, everybody listening, highly recommend you get Damon John's book. And uh, Damon, it's it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. See, I could sit here and talk to you for another hour or two, just like we do when we're in person, because <laughs> I find I find you forever fascinating. And even at my age, with all the business I've done, I love learning from you. And you know, there's a lot to learn from you. You have a wealth of experience and knowledge. Um, I can't say enough about your career, Shark Tank. Just keep it going. Please keep that show going. I love it. I love it. I love it. When you're in L.A., let's get together for dinner, talk a little biz, and have a lot of laughs, as we always do. Um, anything else you want to share from us with us? Aside from the fact, let me tell people, if you get a chance to hear Damon John speak, because you're actively doing speaking engagements all around the country on a monthly basis, aren't you, Damon? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I am. Um, you know, a lot of them are private industries, as well as you know, I, you know how, how uh, you and I both are requested by public and private sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if people have a chance to see me speak, but more importantly, I think that what I'm doing with this power broke stuff, I never thought it would be this big. Is I'm going around and doing a lot of book signings, and you know, every signing I'm going to, it's, it's increasing by a hundred people. So now I'm going out to Barnes and Nobles, I'm seeing six hundred people out there. But more importantly than coming out to get the book. That's really not as important as what the bigger picture is. I'm starting to see a lot of people come out and talk to other like-minded people, and it's, it's like a huge networking event where people are starting to meet other distributors, investors, uh, you know, designers, coders, everything else. So it's, it's really this, this thing is just taking a, a life of its own that I'm just a small part of. Well, one of the key secrets, along with OPM, it's called networking. We can never get away from networking. You can never network enough when it comes to building your business. Absolutely. Damon, I really appreciate your being on the show. Uh, on Twitter, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, you get a hold of me at, at 
at the shark Damon. Uh, you know, my name is Damon, like Raymond, so with a D. And um, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, all that good stuff. And Bruce, I'll be very honest. So those are some of the best questions I've been asked. I I can't say that I have been asked one of those questions before, and I'm used to the normal interviews where they ask the same old stuff. So. As uh, as well as you and I know each other, I guess you were saving those questions for when we were going to be on the air, huh? Yeah, pretty much so, David. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the excitement of the impending event, Damon, but I know one thing. You would shine when you answered him, and I hopefully I shine when I asked him, and thank you for that compliment because, again, coming from you, I'm humbled <laughs> and honored, my man, humbled and honored. Thanks so much for being on my show, Damon. All right, thank you. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply. Total Wine & More announces points with a purpose. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on wines and spirits. Points earned equals a matching donation to local charities, up to $2 million in total. Shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. Terms and conditions apply.